Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode on the podcast. Same as always, we got myself, Jack Agner, on the line. Jack, how you doing today? Doing great. Can't complain, Tom. Happy to be here. Happy to be here, as am I. I'm back here in the Schultz's basement. This is episode 69 of the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Happy Halloween, everybody. It was probably a pretty exciting weekend for everyone. Uh, those of you who went to either trick-or-treating, maybe Halloween parties, maybe you passed out candy to children at your door. I don't know. Jack, what did, you, what did your Halloween look like? Um, unfortunately, I did not go trick-or-treating. My mom was nice enough to send me some candy in the mail, which I was thankful for. That's so um, nice. My Halloween weekend, I dressed up a couple times, a couple different costumes, um, went to some parties, and it was a good time. Can't really complain with that. Um, spent the majority of Saturday watching football, uh, at least one big game. <laughs> just, and just one. One overall, big one. You know, it changes as you get older, Halloween a little bit, but I, I always love the days of, of ripping the pillowcase off my pillow and throwing out every toothbrush that someone gave me. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But what, yeah. what is how the, are you, Tom? How was your Halloween weekend? Um, you know, it wasn't I Halloween specific, I was pretty lame because like I said, I'm living at home with my parents. I didn't want to be the kid who goes back to his old college just to go to a whole Halloween party. So last night, as in Halloween evening, I was literally just um, at home enjoying Sunday, watching football. Um, we had a couple like neighbors come over and pass out candy together, like a little bonfire type situation. But it was pouring down rain, so I only went out there for like five, ten minutes, and then I came back inside. So I didn't do anything super Halloween related, but like you said, I do miss the days of trick-or-cheating, getting dressed up. You were talking about toothbrushes. What was like the weirdest or most ridiculous thing you've ever received while trick-or-treating? Ah, uh, well, that's the thing. The main things I think of are like toothbrush and floss, which is obviously applicable since you're eating a bunch of candy. That's kind of funny. Yeah. But I remember the first time I got a juice box, which isn't really weird, but um, I was like pretty pumped about that. Mm-hmm. I love juice boxes. Big Capri Sun guy I, as a kid. I love Capri Suns. I feel like I was given like a, uh, like a charger or something or like some sort of like, electronic like a handheld electronic or something you know what i always think about too is like as an adult who does that you know the kids just want candy so why do you (laughs) why do you got to make an effort to do something different just when everyone's gonna be like what is this i don't even want this but yeah i obviously like when i'm trick-or-treating i'm looking for the king size candy bars that's when you when you when someone opens their front door and holds out a bowl and it's just king size and every variety that's when you're like okay a1. A, A1. A1. Those people do A, it right. A1 house. I also don't mind people who have, you know, the smaller candies, but if it's, if it's a good variety, stuff that I like, I, I have no issue with it, but king size was always always the best. I think that's important, the variety, like you said. Yeah. It always bummed me out. Like, now I like Almond Joys, mm-hmm. but I used to not like them at all, and there was always one house in my neighborhood we'd go to, and it was just, they just had variety of Almond Joys because mm-hmm. they make different kinds, and I was like, eh, not a fan. Yeah, I, like, I want to be able to pick a little something. It's like Almond Joy or Mounds or whatever the other one is. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah. All king size variety pack can't go wrong with. But you were saying, I honestly don't know if I ever got a toothbrush or floss. I, I had to. Really? I had oh, to. Oh, I would get fruit, too. That so, was always so, weird. Someone would just he... give you, like, an apple. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on. Seriously? It's so funny. Like I want I said, some bad sugar. Like, do you think that they close the door, like, 
Say it's a 40-year-old guy. Do you think he closes the door and laughs? Like, uh, what a loser. I gave him an apple. Or like, do you think they're being genuine? No, I think, I think he's like, like we did something good today, honey. <laughs> we, we, we did something good for these kids. They're yeah. going to thank us in a few years. Oh, my gosh. I, um, I recall getting, like, bags of pretzels, which I didn't like pretzels to begin with. Yep. So that would always irritate me a little bit. Chips I didn't mind so much, but I can recall a specific house in my neighborhood that every single year I would end up somehow with pretzels in my, in my pillowcase. I'd always be upset yeah. about it. Um, other things that come to mind are like I get pencils sometimes, like Halloween themed okay. pencils. I can someone would give me, and once again, I think it's the same people every year because I trick or treat in the same neighborhood every year. But um, like almost like a party, like party favorite bag, like a little twist tied shut plastic bag, and yeah, I'd have like a pencil and eraser, maybe like a little notebook in there, like school supplies. Yeah, never understood that. Which had started months ago, and your mom already bought you that. Yeah, exactly. At, at, I, I don't need that. She That's just needed. like, you pull that out, and you're like, ugh, not candy. Um, yeah. And then I also remember specifically someone was giving out, like, um, some ethnic candies. Like, it was like Chinese plums that I got. Really? We pulled it out, and I'm like, what is this? And it had symbols on it. And I was like, I think this is like a, a Chinese candy or something. But I was like, Is it? Does it would, look like this? That's written in English, though. What I'm looking at right now. Yeah, Hi but Chew. this is the English version of it. This is a candy. This is I'm showing Tom because this was something my mom sent. It's a Japanese candy. You guys have seen it. It's called Haichu. Okay. But that's the American version of it. My dad used to bring it back from his business trips, like you said in the writing, where I can't even read it. Mm-hmm. I'm only t- basing the color off the flavor. Mm-hmm. But I bet you it was something similar that they gave you. So, yeah, it was some kind of plum-flavored thing, and I was very young at the time when I got this, probably less than 10 years old. I remember I opened it, and my parents were like, what is that? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know who gave this to me. And it, like, <laughs> So my dad opens it up and popped it in his mouth, and he immediately just spit it back out and said it was nasty. So I, I never, <laughs> never even got to try it. But I would always give my mom a hard time if she'd like if I'd come home from college or like even in high school and I wasn't trick or treating anymore. I'd see like her selection. I'm like, come on, mom, like what? spend a couple extra dollars and get the kids some king size candy bars. Like, yeah, I mean, you got to keep the kids. No, happy. Those, those houses were always the A1. I got a I mean, I, I'd hate to be um, thinking about this podcast 10 years from now, 20 years from now and passing out mediocre candy. I hope to be passing out some good stuff. I True, think you gotta yeah. have. I hope to. I hope to be. I think the keys are, like I said, full size candy bars. Everyone likes that. And then we talk about the variety. And when it comes to variety, I think you need to have things that accommodate both, um, you know, the kids with peanut allergies. You gotta have some stuff that's non nuts. Can't be all Reese's or anything like that. Can't be all Snickers. So you yep. gotta have a good variety. You know, hit hit all facets. You gotta have a couple with peanut butter. A couple just maybe some plain chocolates. Maybe some that are you know more like the. Like the what's what's in Three Musketeers? Is it like a, a nougat? What is that called? Yeah, no, that's it. I think that's I think you gotta have something like that. Then maybe also I know there's kids that like you know less chocolatey stuff like a Skittles type thing or maybe like a sour candy. I was gonna say Starburst maybe. Yep, like basically yep. with Starburst. Yep, I think that's if you have all those options. I mean, there's no kid that's walking away that's walking away upset. I think right. that's probably the key. Making kids days. Making kids days. Uh, are you a fan, or wh- when you were a kid, were you a fan of, like, the big, scary displays, like, at people's houses, or would that freak you out a little bit? Um, No, I thought it was cool. My parents were definitely not into it. I mean, they maybe put the pumpkins that we carved outside on the front porch, and that was pretty the, pretty much the extent of our mm-hmm. Halloween decorations. But I always thought it was cool of people who went a little over the top to 
have some cool decorations. I definitely wasn't like spooked by them at all. Mm -hmm. We used to have a house in our neighborhood where I'm assuming it was somebody's son who like maybe didn't like trick-or-treating or was maybe a little older and just didn't go out. I don't know. But there was someone who, and I was so scared of it as a child, would like put on this creepy, like scary looking clown mask and would, I'm not joking, would like dart around the bushes in front of the house, would jump out and scare you. And I remember being terrified to go to that house to get candy, but like I couldn't be the kid who wasn't going to that house. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I would just have to that, go. Yeah, that's a little over the top. And there were always also those kids who would go out in one costume early and then change their costume and go out again. You know, it's not cool. Don't I, be that kid. Don't be that guy. It's funny you just say that because I was uh, eating dinner with my family and we, they had the news on and um, there was a poll on whatever station it was. They said that it, the poll, according to my mom, I wasn't even listening. I had it tuned out. She said that they said 80% of kids change their costume and trick or treat again in the same night. I have never heard. Yeah, that. that's what I'm saying. It was more. 80%, I never did it. it I never did that. A lot either. more popular though than, than you'd think. How can you live with yourself and sleep well at night? If if you're doing that, I mean that's just. It's also just candy. Like if you ate, eat, if you actually ate all your. That's candy what I'm saying. You already have Halloween trip. Like I think you should reconsider some things. Yeah, maybe. I would easily have candy from Halloween like through the next spring. Like I would. Mo- yeah, months later. <laughs> months of candy. We're just getting so stale. Oh my gosh, I re- I just remembered an absolute all time story that I've I've got to tell now. Um, I don't know how I didn't think of it before we started the show. There's a cumulonimbus coming in from the western front. <laughs> so as a child, kind of our little trick-or-treating crew we would go with um, in our neighborhood would be me and my two sisters and then the three Schultz brothers. So there were six of us kids and then like maybe three or four adults. Um, and this is when we were young. I'm talking I was probably five, six, seven years old. Very young, very small little kid. Probably looked like I was three years old, but anyway, we're trick or treating on this Halloween night, and it's you know it's classic dark outside. You can't see real well. It's a little creepy, a little scared. You're a kid just looking for some candy, and there was this large man, this guy, dressed up as like I don't even remember what he was dressed up as. I can't even tell you, but maybe it was a ghost mask so, with a mask on. Okay. And we saw him like once or twice, and, I, and my older sister's like, "Who is that guy?" And my dad was, like, playing into this story. Um, I'll get there in a second. But he's like, I don't know. Just just, just go the other way, kids. And we're like, okay. So then I'm, on the, I'm, like, on edge. Like, is someone following us? I'm all scared. And then we go to hit another house, another house. And we look at the end of the driveway. And there's this man standing there again. And he, like, runs away. And I was like, what is happening? We're all, like, really freaked out. We wanted to go home, all this stuff. My dad's like, no, no, it's fine. Like, we're, we're fine. He's just, he's just trick-or-treating or something like that. And, like I said, I'm very young. And then we go another five, ten minutes, and then we come around the corner, and this guy's like right in front of our face. So that I literally drop my candy and chase after this guy. I'm not kidding. I chase this man, and I'm so young. I must have like a fight. After him. The fight or flight thing. I must be a fighter, but I haven't had a situation like this since then. So I literally bolt out in a sprint and chase this man. I'm like screaming at him to go away, go away. And I actually wrap my arms around this guy and take him to the ground. I take what? this I take this guy to the ground in the grass and I'm like I I don't know what I was saying and then he pulled out the mask and it was my uncle. It was my oh uncle. my gosh. So we were so freaked out my dad was like playing on to it that they had somehow invited my uncle to creep on us and make us scared. But I literally tackled this guy. I'm not joking. That was not playing. 
<laughs> What'd you say? So that's a good prank. It is a good prank. What, what if it was just some like actual killer? I would have died. <laughs> I approached the guy. I admire your courage to go out and tackle. I admire my own I courage. I would you not. Do you remember this, were, Kyle? You sprinted yeah, away. Kyle's not even here. Remember this? That's not. I'm not capping. That's a true story. 100. You can ask my mom, the Schultz family. That actually happened. We saw this person like two or three times, and I legitimately sprinted after him, little Tommy on his little legs, and took this man to the ground. Would I probably have tackled him? No, he probably just fell to the ground and let me tackle him. But, right. you know, like the ditches near the street, but um, still in the grass, like where your drainage goes for rain. Yeah. That's like right yep. where it happened. It was in that little ditch. I took this man to the ground, and I was like, heart was racing. Then he pulls his mask off, and it's my uncle, and I'm like, I don't even know what I did. I don't, like, I, my memory of that is so faint, but I can just remember, like, the aftermath of it years later. My mom being like, I can't believe you tackled Uncle when he was here like <laughs> oh but that's awesome um, that's class i definitely don't have any stories anywhere close to that but i believe you and admire like i said i style. didn't plan on telling that story i can't believe that happened i there's no way i would do that now maybe i would that's like the like i said the internal fight or flight response i guess yeah, i was ready to go deep down you are you maybe are i'm a, a fighter maybe i'm a fighter deep down inside <laughs> <laughs> and this guy's like six three, six four. And I'm probably about three feet tall at this stage in my life. And I ran yeah, after him. I'm right, sure, right I'm sure he helped you out on the tackle I, a little bit. Oh, I, I'm sure he did too. But I'm just thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking about it now, saying, unless I was encouraged to go get him, which I that very well could be. Like I could have. What if it was a kidnapper and I got taken? Yeah, that would. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's interesting. What do you think, real quick, Jack? What do you think your favorite costume you ever wore was? I was a big fan of Pirates of the Caribbean or Caribbean oh. or however you say it. And mm-hmm. um, Jack Sparrow was one of my main characters. I had a great Jack Sparrow wig, costume, sword, nice. the whole nine yards. That was really that sounds awesome. I was really proud of that costume. I've had some good ones over the years. Um, if I had to put an all-time favorite on, I'd have to go with last year, my last year at Michigan State. Um, I was prison Mike from the office, so I just wore a, <laughs> I just wore a Navy suit tie. And then I wore nice. a purple bandana that I like tied like a do rag, like he had it. That was that was a big hit. Um, but me and Kyle had some good like duo costumes growing up as children. Probably the most memorable we have is we both bought like the exact same costume, but mine was the Michigan State variation of a football player, and his was Michigan. It was like the same nice. brand, probably the same store thing. So that was a pretty funny thing we did. We had like helmets on, fake pads, everything. It was pretty. The cool. whole nine. We were probably. I bet you were like eight nine years old for that one but yeah good times I, one, I didn't get to really do as many like partner costumes like that at least like male costumes because mm-hmm. i had two sisters so sometimes mm-hmm. we initiate or like you know came up with stuff that made sense for a boy and a girl but i remember one year with my friends we were being the blue man group oh yeah and we got I forgot about we that. got so i don't know how many people are actually in the group but um we got like face paint, like blue face paint, obviously painted my whole face up. And then all of a sudden my face is like scalding. Like it feels oh. like my face is just getting ripped apart. My skin just getting ripped apart. Allergic and so, reaction. Yeah. Whatever it was like did not vibe with my skin. So basically ended up like taking off the paint and pretty much <laughs> had to tell my buddies, like we got to do so we got to figure out something else. And then I don't even remember. I think I got like, uh, I think my I found some sort of like poofy afro and put on like a like a poncho, like a Mexican poncho, and I was mm-hmm. some 
some coffee guy that my mom said was like a big I think his name was like Juan Juan Valdez or something. I had no idea what it was, but she's like, if anyone asks you, just tell them you're this guy. And I'm like, okay. okay. Yeah, I, I had one of those years. I mean, I think I knew most of my costumes and I was the one in charge, but there was one Halloween where I didn't know what to do and I was probably like 11 or 12 at this point and I was like Jason from the Friday the 13th movies and I had never seen those movies in my life, but my mom was like, just get this mask, it's a dollar and then put on a black yeah. hoodie and you'll be good. And I was like, okay. So I yep. did that once. But Listen to mom. Yep, yep. Always, always trust a mother's instinct. Always. I hope this World Series coming up, Jack, is, is more of a treat than a trick, am I right? <laughs> I see what you did there. Good job, Tom. God, I'm such a bad comedian. <laughs> I, I we had this discussion. Um, who was it with? It may have been with Kyle, but like one job, I feel like I'm pretty comfortable with myself and like throwing myself into situations that I like might be uncomfortable in. But being a stand-up comedian would be so hard. Like that Very is a difficult. hard job <laughs> just to go up there, and your sole purpose is to make people laugh. Yeah, just Which, hey, hey, man, be funny. Like, and I consider. Like, in the right scenario, right context, I think I'm a pretty funny person. I think, Jack, you're a very funny person. But, like, and I think I have a lot of funny friends. But I don't know if I know a person that I could, like, put money on to say, this guy could get on stage and make a crowd of people laugh. Like, that's a, no, that is a yeah. tough skill to have. Well, I mean, when you know funny people, it's like a lot of the funny stuff they say or do is all, like, contextual. Yeah, like, exactly, exactly. So to be able to just walk on a stage and have jokes of your own is a mm-hmm. completely different ballgame. I know. I think that's why I like the best community the best comedians have like the good crowd play because that makes it yeah. seem more like you're talking with your friends, you know, that kind of thing. But I would be absolutely, absolutely terrible at that. But regardless, got sidetracked. Um, I want to talk about the, the big dance, the last, the last dance, the last hoorah. This is it folks. Wildcats versus Diamondbacks. Would you want it any other way? I mean, of course I want the balance to be there. I want the magic to be there, but at the end of the day, I think this series really is going to encapsulate what the 2021 season was in MLW. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, how else would you want it? These teams have been dominant all year. Um, You know, maybe it would have been interesting to see someone shake things up in the playoffs. But at the end of the day, I think both these teams are very deserving to be here. Mm -hmm. And um, it's going to be the best content that, you know, this league can produce these two teams going head to head. Yeah, I Um, this may have been and it's different, too, because I've because of like work and other related things. Um, I haven't been able to go to the World Series since I played in 2018. So, like, I was, like, genuinely excited and almost had, like, a nervous feeling, like, driving to the Meadows that day to record and commentate that game. Because, like you said, it's just the anticipation, and I legitimately did not know what was going to happen. As we said in last episode, um, yeah. there's no... there Anything can happen in these series. There's so much talent on the field. Kyle Schultz, Nick Saylor, Jackson Pearson, Ryan Kelly, going up against Jonah Heath... Jimmy Norp, Ben Wilson, and Michael Shima. Those are eight guys that any roster would love to have on their team. Um, I think everyone has their own kind of role within their squad. Um, We got four pitchers in this series, two on the Wildcats, two on the Diamondbacks. Very curious to see how those play out, but I think this truly is the clash of the Titans, you know. I I don't, no doubt in my mind, these are the best two teams. I think we have two of the best players, if not the best two players in, um, I should say three. I'm not. This is not a diss to Jonah or anyone else in the series, but Kyle Schultz, Nick Saylor, and Jimmy Norp. Those are three MLW like national team caliber players. Three of our yep. best, and um, I just cannot wait to see these teams battle it out. So, what's your prediction, Tom? You know, it was funny. I was trying to remember what I said pregame the day of, and I think this is exactly what I said, and I still stand by it. Thinking back to what I've seen in the content, you know, rewatching everything. 
Um, we, take, we take a look at the Western Wildcats. Like I said, Kyle Schultz, Nick Saylor, Jackson Pearson, Ryan Kelly. Four guys who um, a couple of them have experience, a couple of them are newer, um, great pitching depth, probably the deadliest lineup in the league in terms of when they're coming to the plate. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, we have the Diamondbacks, kind of the new kids here, newer, I should say, um, with Jimmy North, who came into the league in 2020, as well as his counterparts, Jonah Heath, Ben Wilson, and Michael Shima. So when I look at the Wildcats, I see more firepower, more star power in terms of their, their bats. But when I look at the Diamondbacks, I just have never seen a team in this league besides maybe the Predators um, in 2019 when they had their magical run with um, just the amount of chemistry that they bring and the amount of fun that they have while playing and just how simple they make the game look. Um, their defense just looks effortless out there. Jimmy Norp always has a smile on his face, yet is so locked in, I know. So um, if I had to put some money down, if I had to, if I had to risk my life for uh, a prediction on this series, I would say Diamondbacks, five games, um, a series that could have gone either way, but I think just the Diamondbacks' chemistry is really what propels them to their first ever championship. Yeah, I'm gonna. I have the same pick. I have the same prediction. Same exact. Um, here's here's why. Diamondbacks in five. Here's okay. why. Um, if you were to ask me, just based on the bracket before the playoffs started, I would have picked the Diamondbacks to win the World Series. Me too. Or Gators, I think. And I would have said, regardless of the team to make it out of the ALCS, that the Diamondbacks would either sweep whoever they played or beat them three to one. And after playing the Wildcats and really facing that lineup in in person, in action, I think they're going to keep it a lot closer. And like you said, like it could go either way, but I think that the Diamondbacks will end up edging them out solely based off Jimmy Norp and his X clutch factor ability that he's shown throughout this entire season. And like you said, just his MVP caliber ability, you know, and that, and that Gator series really just opened it up in the second game with that mm -hmm. grand slam. He's just so money. And I think he's going to dial it in on the mound. Like I said, going to be a tough, um, close series, but I think the Diamondbacks will edge out the Wildcats. Speaking of Jimmy Norp, did you see his catch he made at the United Wiffle Tournament? I just saw that on Instagram Un right before this. That was insane. Unbelievable. I mean, I watched Unreal. it right in front of my eyes and, like, almost forgot about it because that was just, you know, we played a lot of games that day, and um, it had been a few weeks since I had seen it or even thought about it, like I said. Watching that clip back, I was like, holy cow, this man flew. And it was such a cool angle that he came from because he came from, like, left center into right center. So he legit, like, jumped over the fence, had his right foot still in play, but, like, caught the ball when it was already, like, past the panel next to him that he was jumping over. It was just such yeah. a cool and unique play. And I, yeah, like, and that's just, like, just so that's Jimmy for you. Like you, so, like, you guys question maybe sometimes, like, how much we actually care or, like, want to win. Like, just go back and watch that Gators-Diamondback series and see how many times Jimmy was laying out you know, throwing his hands up, trying to snag a ball. Mm -hmm. Even when he doesn't get it, like he's putting his body on the line, really just doing everything he can to win. And I think that's that's going to be the difference maker in the end. I will say, though, yeah, I think I agree with you 100%. I thought the, Diamond, the Diamondbacks would kind of cruise to a championship this year, but the Wildcats have just been so, so dominant. They're hot at the plate. They're so hot right now. Um, like I said, their lineup is just lethal. But um, 
So for that reason, I'm saying Diamondbacks. But if the Wildcats come out and somehow find a way to win game one, that's a tough hill to climb if you're the Diamondbacks. In your first ever World Series, down 1-0 against a great team. So I think the winner of game okay. one is going to win this series. That's what I genuinely the believe. The winner of game one. I think the winner of game one, who I'm saying will be the Diamondbacks, but I think the winner yep. of game one, is that's such a... Being in a 1-0 hole against a good team is so hard in a five-game series. So I genuinely yep. believe the winner of the first game is going to determine the outcome of the series. A lot of pressure to put on the guys, but I genuinely believe yeah. that. No, well, I mean, the way... I, so when you say that, if the Wildcats, in theory, were to win game one, do mm-hmm. you think that we see Nick Saylor? Based on the conversation I had with Kyle Schultz, I think yes. I think we do I see I think him. yes. And so what I would say is, I would agree with you that whoever wins game one... Actually, no, I'm not going to agree with you. I'm going I'm to disagree with you. Because I think that if there's any team to somehow figure out this magical this magical guy the mound, Nick Saylor, this season that he's had this year. It's going to be the Diamondbacks, who are very disciplined hitters, very strong hitters. I mean, let's let's not forget point. that Saylor actually pitched to Jonah Heath in the home run derby. I know that's a little <laughs> bit different, but well, he's used to hitting off them. Mm-hmm. So um, I think if the Wildcats, even if they win game one, I think if Saylor pitches game two, that's going to be a loss for them. And then from there on, it's pretty much Norb versus Schultz. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm curious now, though, I'm thinking about Wildcats winning game one going to Saylor. If the Wildcats lose game one, I'm so interested to see who they're going to throw out there. I do think, you, like you, you said, based on what Kyle said, if they lose game one, he's going to have a tough time putting putting Saylor in that spot. That's tough. That is a very tough spot because you don't want to go down 0-2. You think no, 1-0 you really is bad. Don't. 0-2 is horrendous. Um so, yeah, that's going to be huge in order for the Wildcats to kind of, you know, maintain Kyle and his, um, you know, his stamina out there. Um, winning game one is going to be so important for that squad. To be honest with you, I have no idea what the Diamondbacks are planning on doing. We saw Norp all series long in the NLCS, correct? Yep. So, will Jonah and take them out? I don't even fact, know. Right, the, uh, the, the NL somehow managed to win the All-Star game this year, mm-hmm. right? So they have home field, too. They do. They'll be the home. Diamondbacks, that's playing in their favor. They will be home in Game 1. That's huge for them. Diamondbacks yep. will be home in Game 1 and Game 3 and in Game 5, if necessary. Wildcats will be home in Game 2 and Game 4, if necessary. So I think those Games 4 and 5 will happen. Um, I would be shocked to see a sweep. Um, we last sweep we saw was in 2019 with the Predators. Even that series was close though. It was just the Predators found a way to win each game. Last year went yeah. to four. We haven't gone to five since 2017, but I think this is the year. Yeah, I would be shocked to see a sweep. I would pretty much put my bank account that these teams can both win one game. Put and the I house think on the, it. I think that, like I said, Diamondbacks will win three, but I think the Wildcats will take two. All right, you've heard from Jack. You've heard from myself. And now I want to hear from the fans. I put a DM up earlier today. Um, asking you guys to let me know if you wanted to share some of your World Series predictions on the show to let others know how the fans are feeling. And I'm actually curious to see how you guys are viewing this series because I think we have a lot of diehard day one Wildcats fans you know, in our fan base as a whole. But the D-backs, because they're such a new squad and a lot of fans are newer to the league, I think a lot of fans have kind of gravitated towards this Jimmy Norp movement and the excitement in the Diamondbacks franchise. So I think there's probably, if I were to guess... Our fan base, I would, I would say it's actually pretty close to 50-50 here in terms of the amount of numbers people are rooting for. So, first caller we have on the line today 
is Michael Donato. Where are you calling in from? Montrose, New York. New York. I love it. I think we got a lot of fans in New York, so it's cool to hear from you. But uh, nice to meet you, Michael. So um, first off, I want let me hear what your thoughts are on this Wildcats team. So I think it's pretty much just like last year. They have the dominant pitcher in Kyle, good hitter, who's also one of the best hitters in the league. You have Sailor, who's dominant. I think the big difference from last year is this year he's healthy in the playoffs. Because last year he had that like nerve thing, I think it That's was, right. in his yeah. hand. Yeah, he was swinging with one hand at one point. Yep, against the Predators. And mm-hmm. then when they played in the World Series, a lot of times it looked like he was trying to swing normal, but you can kind of see one hand coming off the bat a lot. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they had a fully healthy him. Mm-hmm. And then when you factor in, Kelly did his job getting walks and stuff, but when you could throw in a wild card like Pearson, who can hit the ball pretty well too, it's mm-hmm. a very scary-looking lineup. Yeah, And then I- also you have the pitching depth this year too. Like if Kyle doesn't have it on the day, he can go to Sailor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then what about the Diamondbacks? What stands out to you about them? Those guys look like they just have the most fun when they're out there, to mm-hmm. me at least. Yep, that's what like, I say too. Norp can do everything. Heath is a solid too, even if, if Norp doesn't have it on his day, and he's a good hitter in his own right. And then it's, for me, it's just going to be interesting to see if they go with Shima or Wilson, because Shima has a bit of a wild card. Some like Sometimes he's solid, but sometimes he's not. You don't know what you're going to get with him. Whereas mm-hmm. Wilson, I think, is more consistent, but probably had more availability issues throughout the season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think you, you can agree with me that it's just two very, very solid rosters. But so then what do you think is like the determining factor in a series like this? I'd say whichever pitcher has it more on the day. Okay. Comes out pitching, pitching is everything in this league. Like you saw last year, the Gators rode the two-headed monster they had pitching. They didn't have the best averages as a team, but they wound up just riding the hot hand on the mound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I'm interested to see, too, and I think Jack mentioned this earlier as well, um, how the Wildcats kind of navigate their pitching. I think it's going to be similar to the ALCS. Kyle mentioned how, like, because they got up in that series, then he felt comfortable going to Sailor. But if the D-backs can get on Kyle quick, then I don't know if Kyle wants to leave himself in as the veteran or does he try to turn to something different, so I'm curious. But at the end of the day, um, you said pitching is important. So uh, who do you think has the better pitching depth here and who do you think wins this series? That's tough because I really think after last year coming so close with Kyle, I think that Wildcats find a way because, like I said, this year they have the healthy sailor and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that much. And also I think they hit him, uh, hit Nord pretty well when they faced him last year. I know it's completely different to this year, but they at least have the history on that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you have a fully healthy sailor. I think they take it, but I think it'll be probably one of the best we've series we've ever seen. Yeah, I know. I'm super excited. Well, I should say I was super excited to take this in prior to me experiencing the series, and now I'm just so excited for the fans to get to experience it like I did. So um, he's got the cats. How many games do you think? I think this is going to go five, and I think we'll see two pitchers each team. Okay, okay. I, like I remember it. Norp alluding to last year how mm-hmm. he wants to see a World Series where they you have to use more than one pitcher too. So it'll be interesting to see if that actually happens. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, like I said, can't wait for you to see the series. Uh, I appreciate you calling on the show, and uh, maybe we'll talk again soon. Hey, thanks for having me. Yep, absolutely. And we're going to hear from another Michael now. It goes by the name of Michael Nickens. Nickens, how are we doing, my man? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing well. Happy to uh, put a face to the name. I've seen your name on social media definitely uh, once or twice. But um, just to get your thoughts you know, on the playoffs as a whole, um, what do you think has – been the difference maker or led both of these teams, the Wildcats and the D-backs, to get to where they are right now? 
I think this year in the playoffs, especially, you've seen so many great pitchers. Um, everybody's been super consistent for the most part. I think what has been the standout factor for both of these teams is that they have converted their chances on offense. Uh, they've been not only good pitchers, but from the batting side of things, like they're probably one of the most complete, you know, lineups both ways with their ability to both uh, have depth to even like the fourth man, um, even uh, the Wildcats with Kelly, you know, he can get on base and that's probably, you know, more than you can ask for uh, if you're a team. So definitely, definitely agree with that. You mentioned the depth and uh, obviously they have depth pitching both ways. We saw only Norp in the, uh, in the semifinals there. And we saw both Sailor and Schultz in the ALCS. So do you think that's going to be sort of a similar trend in the World Series or what's your outlook on that? I think with the talent on both of these teams and the way that batters for, have shown up consistently throughout the year, there's no way that uh, I, th- I don't think that both teams are going to use two pitchers. Um, I think that uh, Sailor uh, is going to probably be get called in at some point, and so is Heath. Um, all these guys are just super smart. Um, Kyle's one of the best contact hitters in the league and just can rip a ball into left anytime he wants. And, uh, you know, Jimmy has been studying, obviously given a few tips here and there. Uh, so he, he knows his stuff. So I think that both these guys are going to have to switch it up, um, find new and creative ways to really, uh, win this series, because this is probably the, one of the greatest years for MLW and this is going to mean everything. So all the stops are going to get pulled out. Yeah, and you know, going off that point, obviously Kyle being super experienced, um, one of the founders in this league. Norp, obviously, like you said, smart guy, does his homework. Do you think that there's any sort of uh, advantage, maybe, for the Wildcats, just in terms of like experience among their managers in a spot like this? Absolutely, I think that just being able to be there. I mean, Kyle having the knowledge and experience of what it's like being in like a high pressure situation. Sailor's already been through it once. Um, you know, and Ryan's been there too. And so that just is really going to help calm the nerves of Jackson, um, as a rookie. Um, and so I think they're going to have, you know, a good head space going into the game. I don't know, uh, who exactly is going to, I don't think I particularly see them winning the series, but I think that definitely will be an advantage. So then give me your prediction for the uh, world series, who wins, how many games and why? I think the D backs are going to win in five. I think that. It, it feels just kind of like a story road itself this season where uh, Jimmy just has had um, an MVP level season and these, the D backs are just rallying behind him. And I, I see that this is probably going to be one of the one of the best world series. And I think the Wildcats just fall short by this much uh, th- this time. I just, I just don't see a world where the Diamondbacks don't win this. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I think those are, all really good insights. Pretty interesting that we've had two people each pick a different team, but all say that it's going to game five. So I think that that says um, that says everything there is to say about this World Series and, and these two teams. So thank you, Nickens. Appreciate it, man. Anytime, bro. Nickens, I got to say, I think I don't know if I've ever commented on a video or anything like that, but I think myself and a lot of the MLW guys have gotten a good laugh out of a couple of your, <laughs> of your videos. So we appreciate all the support. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate the support, too. Y'all are awesome. Cool. All right, Michael and Michael, thank you for joining us both. Uh, we enjoyed your insights. And uh, fans, if you want to get on a show like this yourself, 
Um, just keep spamming me in the DMs, and I'll try to work everybody in at some point. So thanks again, guys. We interrupt this broadcast for an ad read. Do you like MLW? Of course you do. So you'll love NWL Wiffleball. NWL, also known as the National Wiffleball League, is a wiffleball league based out of Brighton, New York. How funny is that? With five teams fighting for the title of World Series champion. Only four teams make the playoffs, as the winner of each semifinal matchups will face off in the World Series. The semifinal matchups this year are between the one-seed Knuckleballs and the four-seed Skyliners, and then the two-seed Pioneers versus the three-seed Toucans. Both semifinal series are on YouTube at NWL Wiffleball, and the World Series will be posted very soon. So waste no time and go check out the NWL playoffs on YouTube. Thank you, guys. Check them out. All righty. It is now time for today's Q of the Day. Q. 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 Of the Day. Today's question of the day comes from Lucas Stubblefield. And he asks, if there was another expansion, what would some team names that you and Jack could come up with that you think would be cool for this league? We get this question a lot as to how the team names come to be. Um, I have have a cool origin story here that I would like to share. I may have said it in this podcast before before I was a host, but maybe not. But I'm going to say it again because I think it's funny. Um, back in the glory days of MLW when we had maybe maybe three teams. I know for sure it was probably Wildcats, Eagles, Central Cardinals. Maybe the Northern Nighthawks were in at this point. I can't even remember. But my older sister was actually dating this guy who... Him and his buddies like saw MLW and they lived right here in our hometown and they wanted to start their own football league. So he like recruited me and Chad Rensing was like, yo, we should start a team and play in this new league. And I was like, yeah, for sure. I want to play. I was probably 13 years old at the time. And um, wow, that was a solid voice crack there. That's one for the books. Um, so we were talking about it. We wanted to make a team. And I actually, drum roll please, I named our team... <laughs> The downtown Diamondbacks. Wow, no so way. Before Jimmy North, before Jonah Heath, before all those clowns came into the league, let me tell you, I was in the first downtown Diamondbacks squad. I um we were we wore red and yellow. Our jerseys were red with yellow accents and um it had like a baseball diamond on the front, and then I was I was number uh I was probably twenty eight still on this team. But yeah, we had three jerseys, downtown diamondbacks, we played in the second wiffle ball league, and uh, there's the origin story of the D backs. So that was kind of a side note to this question as to how we create the team names. Um, yeah, it's just kind of like a, a direction or some kind of word that has to do with a geographical spot or a, I don't know how to describe that. I think you get the vibes. And yeah. then like a mascot name. So, Jack, if you had to add one more team, what would you want to be? I think you and Kyle came up with the Metro Magic name. I love that name. We did. I, I was kind of on the fence really. about it at first, too, and now I like love it. I think the logo is sick. Yeah, we both kind of collaborated with that. I forget whose original idea it was. I wanted to do something, um, I think it was like Detroit-based or something, which is how we came up with Metro. Uh-huh. And That's cool. Um, I think it'd be pretty cool. I'd love to see the uh, Southern Seahawks come back just for good old times. So, yeah, so um, you, would you want like a returning franchise named like a Southern Seahawks or a Northern Nighthawks or a Atlantic Astros? Would you want to see like a, a franchise come back or would you want a whole new slate? Um, I think it could go either way. I just think it would be cool to see a franchise come back because obviously like they'd get new jerseys, jerseys and stuff. And like the long time mm-hmm. MLW fans, like if people know the Northern Nighthawks and they came back with like revamped jerseys, I just mm-hmm. think that'd be so cool. 
but I think another thing we could maybe implement is like, like our things are like Western, um, Eastern, yeah, Midwest. Like we, yeah, like we could also do like obviously directional base, but like West Coast or like East Coast. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Or like Southwest, like, uh-huh. you know, something like that. Yeah, we definitely could. We could do more points in the compass. Still, we we have right. East. Yeah, we, yeah, we can exactly. We can, we can we still kind of add in add in the compass. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm thinking Metro Magic now, so now I just am thinking West Coast Wizards. I don't know. That would be kind of funny, mm-hmm. but yeah. So um, the reason I brought the Diamondback story is because that that league we ended up playing one series. My team won like thirty to zero, and we never played again. That with what did not even happen. <laughs> but in my head, me and Kyle were like, we love that name. We should use that again if we ever could. And then like five, six years later, we made it happen. But um, yeah, look at them now. Look at them now. In their so first you're ever like World a part Series, owner in the Diamondbacks, kind of. You could say I have you some. You like a five percent stake. <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> you could say that. Um, this was a Drew Davis idea years ago. I like the thing he said that we should have like an Oceanside team, like an Oceanside something with an O. I think that's kind of cool. Oceanside oysters. But yeah, I, li- I like your idea of like West Coast, East Coast. That's cool. Yeah. I think Drew did say Oilers actually. Now that I think about it, um, we could still do like a yeah, Northwest, Southwest. Um, southeast, northeast, those could all be options. Um, but yeah, you can get creative with it, like you did. You said metro, like you could do, you could do like I think Kyle, you uptown. You want to do uptown? Yeah, uptown. Yeah, he's Kyle's got a bunch in his head, I'm sure. But yeah, it, there's no like I see a lot of wiffle ball leagues that like do the same thing now, where they try to name like a direction and then uh, like a mascot name. That was just me and Kyle being 10-year-old kids, and that was the first thing that popped in our heads. Like, you could do whatever yeah. you want. You could get as creative or as not creative as you want to. Like, um, we always... I've, like, talked about the idea of, like, oh, if, like, a group of friends was to, like, enter MLW, if we were to, like, expand, and they already had, like, a team in a different league, like, they could technically maintain their exact same name that they had before and just, like, merge it into MLW, that yeah. kind of thing. Like, in the AAA league we had, those teams that signed up picked their own names, Brendan Zerlag, because he was a fan of MLW, just picked Great Lakes Gators, and then that ended up working for them for this league. It fit right in perfectly, so that's kind of funny. But you could do that, like you could merge in a team name that already exists, type of thing. But Absolutely. we kind of have our format now, and it seems to make sense to kind of stay that way for just the the aesthetic of it. But do whatever you want, type of thing. So I think I I keep thinking of like uh, teams I played in like club lacrosse, and one that was like a good team that I thought had a really funny name was the fighting clams. <laughs> they, they were like really good too, which was funny because their name was so funny, but like adding Dude. the word fighting in front of like a weird yeah, animal just that's is hilarious. So funny. The fighting clams. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Minor league baseball team names are undefeated. Some of those team yes. names and mascots are so funny. The Montgomery biscuits. That's one I've always loved. <laughs> There's um we could definitely uh, steal some from the minor league. The Lan- for sure. Lansing Lug Nuts, I think that's hilarious. And yeah. their like slogan is go nuts, which I think is really funny. And U T Z. Um just stuff like that is so funny. So like team names that we'd come up with is just kinda like we're talking about. Like we pick like some sort of geographical or compass location and then a mascot name that kind of matches the first letter. That's kind of been the format we go with. But yeah, I think like, for example, the Midwest Mallards, like, there is no real significance of that. Um, we just thought, like, it sounded cool. It was kind of unique and funny. Not that funny. Like, it's just ducks. But it's, being called ducks is not as cool as being called the Mallards. You know what I mean? Metro right. Magic just sounds awesome. And, like, downtown Diamondbacks is cool. 
like there's not really any down diamondbacks in downtown area especially near where we live but it just sounds cool i think we haven't really branched off of the like alliteration aspect which like not yet could would we though i think you can't that's always in the cards i think you gotta have that alliteration it's just like yeah, no, it definitely makes it sound cleaner. But you could also have a team called, like, the Fighting Clams, which is also a sweet name. <laughs> and there's no alliteration clams. there, you know? Well, yeah, think about, like, not many pro teams have that, like, alliteration. Like, we're Detroit Tigers, Detroit Lions. There's no Detroit no, D. Yeah. It's just what we decided to do as kids. Like I said, that's what made sense in our 10-year-old heads. The Fighting Clams. That may be the best thing I've ever heard in my life. If I were to ever own like a semi-pro sports team or like start a franchise, yeah, just make it as funny as possible. Honestly, the tropics. That's that's like how you get people that don't live in your your area like to buy the stuff if it's like big enough. You know what I mean? Because like you can buy the Montgomery biscuit hat, like yeah. you can buy that logo on a hat. It's so funny. Is there fighting clams merch I can get? I guarantee you could get a fighting clam sweatshirt. They had really cool colors one. too. They were like they were like orange like. Gatorade orange and like baby blue, so they had basically like oh no, I guess Florida Gators are kind of navy, but they basically it was like powder blue and orange. That sounds sick. Fighting clams. I'm I might get one if the price is right. I might have to. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I might have to. All right, thank you for the question, Lucas. You know, Jack, I um I meant to text Kyle. No lie, I was gonna text Kyle on Friday, and say. I don't care who wins on Saturday, but we should open the podcast with either a Michigan fight song or a Michigan State fight song. That was going to be the wager, but I didn't ask that, so I'm not going to play the Spartan fight song. But can I get a little go green? Go green. Let's go, go white. Um, on the bank, so I can just sing it if you want. Nah, we c- you can save your breath. But, um, <laughs> yeah, what a game. Um, Holy cow, what a game. I hope that people outside of our state of Michigan enjoyed that game. Um it was very interesting. Um, I'd kind of accepted defeat, actually, for Michigan State in the middle of the third quarter. I was with some buddies that a lot of them were Michigan fans, so I was keeping keeping it light, having a good time. And then the Spartans find a way to creep back. Um, Jack, have you ever heard, for those who watch the game, you know what I'm talking about, but have you, you ever heard someone ruled down by their shin instead of knee? I don't think I've ever heard that. So I was, like, freaking out when that happened because I thought – Maybe I had seen that before because I was saying he was down. And then everyone else I was watching with was like, no, it has to be a knee. Mm-hmm. It has to be an elbow. Mm-hmm. And I was like, pretty sure shin counts as down, which you don't really see. Like, exactly, because it's like very – Yeah, because the way he knee. fell was so awkward. And yeah. once again, like I was watching at a tailgate. There was audio, but I couldn't really hear anything. So I couldn't hear like Mike Pereira. I couldn't hear the announcers breaking it down. Um, so at first I was like looking at the Michigan fans like – that was quite the break for State. Like, I don't know how he was not, like, how is that was not a fumble. But then when I heard, like, that a shin is down, I guess I agreed with it a little bit more. But regardless, yeah. I will, I'll be the first to admit that I felt like there was some calls that went State's way in that game, for sure. I mean, you agree a, or disagree? It, I don't know. Maybe, I, I didn't really feel like that. I felt like that was the right call. There, I, I guess I didn't think, like, uh, I, I guess let me put it this way. I don't think bad calls were made for state, but I think that a lot of close things went our way, and that can be the difference in games. You know what I mean? Yeah, certainly. Like that, like that call, for example, was one of them um, that stands out to me immediately. Um, there was a couple, I think, like spot. A lot of stuff was reviewed. There was a lot of reviews, but overall, yeah. super exciting. Um, happy for, obviously, I, I do feel for the Michigan fans, no doubt in my mind. I I'm, I'm, not, really. I'm not the jerky fan, but... Um, there were some jerks at my tailgate who I didn't even invite that were there. 
not my friends that were there, but other Michigan fans that were watching our TV that I was happy they lost because they were being obnoxious. But um, I will say I was happy for the city of East Lansing. You know, I went to school there. I love seeing the campus. Like there were, I've never seen it that packed in my life. Um, yeah, if you go to if you go to a big school, um, even if your football team is no good or you don't like football, you just get involved. You know, it's so fun. Stuff like that you remember for the rest of your life. You know, when you're out there with strangers, just like celebrating in each other's arms, having a good time. Um, you got to cherish those moments. But it was a lot of fun. I brought the Swamp Man out there with me to East Lansing. He didn't go nice. to Michigan State, but he went out there. He had a great time. We tailgated with the Schultz family. We had a great time pregame. Um, the Schultzes actually went to the game. I just watched with my family and friends uh, on TV. But a great weekend. Like I said, I hope you guys, if you guys didn't watch that game, I highly recommend watching the highlights. It was a crazy game. Yeah. Like when we were all saying, we just hope it's a good game. We hope it's a good game. We definitely got a good, exciting game. Um, Thankfully, awesome that, that Michigan State, State has someone on the Heisman watch too now because we haven't had that. In, oh, yeah. Ever. We haven't had that when, ever. Probably since Lendell White. Yeah. Like we've never had somebody win it. So it's it's definitely no. cool. My sister Very goes cool. to school at State right now. So I'm, I know she's having a good time with it. She likes going to the games and stuff. So, yeah, good weekend to be a Spartan, that's for sure. But NFL side, could – Jack, I have a question for you. I'm being dead serious. Is there a worse professional sports franchise right now than the Detroit Lions? I want your honest answer. I don't think there is, but I don't – Like organization as a whole, I don't think so. Like major sport, pro sports organization – I mean, the Lions just played no. one of the probably a bottom five team in the NFL and got absolutely washed on their home turf. Like that washed. was hard to watch. Literally cycled and dried, washed. Absolutely, it wasn't even close. It was just a complete blowout of a game. It was forty-one to zero, I think, at one point. We look like we don't even want to be out there. The stadium's starting to look empty. I hear boos all game long. Like who who really do we who do we root for? I don't know what to do anymore. I can't wear I'm wearing a Lions hat right now. I should just burn this thing. I think we just got to put all our eggs into Michigan State. I'm legitimately considering just for the memes, I might buy a Lions ticket and wear a paper bag over my head and like write <laughs> sell the team on. I think it'd be so funny. But that would be pretty good. They don't have a that'd lot of probably your next. That probably your next uh, viral tweet. I mean, it's just. Like, how do you expect people to be excited to watch your team or, like, have any hope for the future at all when you hire a new coach, you have a new quarterback who wouldn't expect to be good, but they're not even showing signs of having any hope of winning a game this year? Like, at this point, I mean, I'd be surprised if we go if we go 1-16, I'd be surprised. I'm expecting yeah, to lose every game. Too. And the thing about this game, too, was, like, we've been in most of the games we have been. up until this point. Like... We've been there, obviously haven't got the job done. But a lot of people thought that the Lions could have won this game just based on how the Eagles were playing. Uh-huh. And it was like we didn't even get off the buck. It was like we didn't even get dressed in the morning. No. Like these guys just did not come to play whatsoever. They did not. I um like I said, I don't have any faith. Before the game I said the Lions had two more winnable games in their schedule and it was against the Eagles, and then at home on Thanksgiving Day against the Bears. The fact that the Eagles just washed us makes me think we're losing every game. Yeah, I don't – I. it's really tough to say. I, I've been a devout Lions fan my whole life. I've gone through the 0-16, so I've seen what it looks like. I've also – This I, is the season is eerily reminiscent. 
I recently saw a jersey on Twitter, which I might copy this guy too. This is what I would wear with my paper bag. Um, someone had a custom jersey. Remember the custom jerseys when we did go Owen 16 that had like yeah. the number 16 and the name said Owen, so it was Owen yeah. 16. I saw a jersey that I think may have topped it because it relates to a lot of things, both this season and being a Lions fan as a whole. And it's just the number one. So the jersey's one, and then the name just says, I just want. So it's, I just <laughs> want one. I want one win. I want one playoff game win. I want one championship. I just want one. Oh, I mean, just one. Just one. I was talking about this with Noah. Like, we've been hearing our dads tell us as children, like, oh, well, I've been waiting my whole life, and the Lions have never won anything. And me and Noah keep saying, well, we'll see one. We'll see one. What's like, now we're probably, what, maybe 10 years out from having our own families, and we're going to be saying the exact same thing to our kids, saying, Dude, well, my whole life is. we're a long way away. <laughs> if <laughs> ever, we're a long way away from a championship. Oh, my gosh. I Another NFL news, too, um, fantasy owners and Titans fans. I just saw Derrick Henry's out for the year now. That's a big blow for sure. Yeah, trending up is Adrian Peterson, though. Yeah, oh, i tell up. you, he is absolutely yeah. be on the watch. Fantasy owners making moves now, making That's moves. Right. Um, who? Else? What other news? Dak Prescott didn't play this week, but what's his name? Cooper, Cooper Rush did well. Cooper Rush. It was a gutsy performance. <laughs> Very gutsy. Noah Noah started because Noah's quarterback is Dak Prescott in our league. Noah Dabrico. And so then he had to start Cooper Rush last second, and he still lost the game. But his text message to me was actually pretty funny this morning. I should find it really quick. But, yeah, Cowboys, they're looking good. I mean, are the Cowboys legit, you think? I think the Cowboys are scary good. I mean, the fact that they were able to – it was at Minnesota, right? They went into Minnesota. Right? Yeah, it was at yeah, Minnesota. Was, with mm-hmm. their backup quarterback. It's impressive. And, I mean, we saw the Cowboys last year without Dak Prescott, and it was abysmal. And now it seems like Cooper Rush has his head on his shoulders. And if they can – I mean, Minnesota's not a great team, but they're not a horrible team. Mm-hmm. They're no Detroit Lions by any means. So mm-hmm. the fact that he was able to go out and get that W, I think that says a lot about the Cowboys as a whole. I think they're going to be really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Noah's uh, – so I was giving Noah crap last night before the game even started about how he didn't, he didn't have a backup quarterback like roster. So he had to pick up Cooper Rush the last second. I was calling him a bad manager, but then I get a text this morning at 6.45. I'm at the gym, and it just says, Mr. Rush went out there and gave it his all. <laughs> I, I, I said, a gutsy performance that you have to tip your cap at. <laughs> no, he still lost. Uh, he probably exceeded everyone's expectations. He did. So. I mean, if I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm thrilled. Like you said, your backup quarterback just went and got you a W really? on the road. That's awesome. Really happy. It's absolutely sick. But injuries... There's nothing worse as a fantasy owner. Just if you're like watching a game just to see your player score and then you see him go down. Like if you have Henry or if you see Dak not starting, it's just devastating. I had yeah, Dak Prescott last year when he tore his ACL and it sucked. Yeah, well, I I mistakenly drafted Christian McCaffrey in oh, uh, a dynasty league that has a couple wiffle ball wiffle ball MLW guys in it. Is um, Cheatham in it? So that what? Is Cheatham in it? Cheatham he's the commish. Cheatham told us last week. Um, that he is no joke. He counted them for us. He's in twelve different fantasy leagues, some mm. dynasty, some standard. Twelve. That's like That's a full time job. I don't have the time. For I'm that. in one league, the underdogs. I'm in three, and I feel overwhelmed this year. One league, all my eggs in one basket. You know what I mean? That's fine though. With something like that, that takes focus. Absolutely, it takes focus. I'm consider myself a pretty good coach. I've uh, I won the league. Manager. 
I won the league once. I um, got second place last year despite scoring the most points in the league. And oh. this year I'm currently in first place. So, Well, good luck to you, Tom. And, yeah, I appreciate that, Jack. I do. All your fantasy owners out there, make your moves. Be on the prowl. Trevor Simeon's stock is rising, too. Oh, absolutely. I agree. You can't Tough if you, you want to win in fantasy, down. you gotta you gotta put in the time. You gotta be scouring Twitter, looking for injuries, looking for news. Leagues can be won and lost in the on the waiver wire. I stand by that. Oh yeah. Fantasy football is less about football and more about information. It's about what you know. You know what I mean? Fantasy football is a case of what you know, not who you know. That's right. It's what, unless you know like Tom Rinaldi or someone on the inside. Yeah. You know Adam Schefter or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right, guys, we're going to wrap it up. Um, say a prayer for our Lions. It's go Spartans over here. Um, if any of you guys out there, there's only a couple undefeated teams left. So, Georgia fans, I'm with you guys on your ride. I think you got the best team. Um, we'll see how you guys pan out. Cincinnati fans, if any of you guys are listening, I'm, I'm a Bearcats fan right now. I want them to win out and make the playoff too. So um, Yeah, I'd be fine with that as long as, as, long as Sparty's in there too. NFL-wise, I think the Chiefs got to bounce back starting tonight. We're about to watch the game um, after we record this episode. Chiefs got to bounce back. Um, besides that, Cowboys looking good. So, uh, boys, root hard for your teams. And just at the end of the day, just say, thank God I'm not a Lions fan. So, Please. all right, that's a wrap. We'll see you boys next week. Peace.